the one that's really interesting for me is this kind of idea of multimodal uh, experiences and, and and that sounds like a grand term but what i basically mean is a mixed voice and um, visual experiences hello and welcome to the podcast episode seven i'm your host lucy hopkins and i am the digital marketing manager at we build box if you listened to last week's episode, you'll know that I have now replaced Marco as the host of the podcast, which is all really exciting. So this week we're getting started with Craig Pugsley. Craig is the director and creative lead at Studio Flow. Super interesting guy. He was previously the UX designer at Just Eat and he created the UK's very first e-commerce Alexa skill. So that's something we chat to him about. Also, we just generally chat to Craig about all things voice, really. Um, really, really interesting episode. I hope you enjoy. The only thing I will say is we seem to face a couple of technical hitches when we were exporting the audio. So towards the end of the interview, it'll sound like we're we're talking over each other a little bit and it just sounds a little bit disjointed. So sorry about that. Um, there was some, yeah, some technical issues when we were exporting. So hopefully that won't happen again. And I hope it doesn't spoil the interview for you. Um, as always, please use hashtag the botcast um, to let us know your thoughts and any guest suggestions or topic ideas. They're always really appreciated. So enjoy the show. Hi, Craig. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for coming on the podcast. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me along. You're very welcome. Um, so I know you've just come back from IFA 2018 in Berlin. How was that? Oh, it's crazy. It was my first time going to any of these big conferences. I haven't been to CES either. Um, and uh, usually I'm always behind the stand as well, uh, selling some products or demoing some features or whatever. Um, but this time I got I got an opportunity to uh, go to one of these big shows and actually be a punter walking around. Um, and it, it's just insane. You know, you, you had halls that were full of fridges and vacuum cleaners. And then right next door to them, you had these crazy robots, you know, AI powered, autonomous um, home help robots that were carrying drinks around and, and could talk to you. And no um, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was a real, like, it's a bit of a mecca for any tech enthusiast, I think, going to CES or IFA. And it really felt like I'd been making a bit of a pilgrimage, you know, not to push the religious analogy too far, but, you know, it felt like it was a, a kind of coming home going there. Crazy. That's so cool. That sounds epic. Mm, yeah, it was. And it's so busy as well. Like thousands and thousands of people there all vying to see the new product that's just been released or you know, to get the shots that they need for their press stuff. And actually, one, one thing that was really weird is that it was open to the public as well. So, wow. yeah, one minute you could be talking to the CEO of Vodafone and the next minute you're just talking to, you know, Henrik from, uh, you know, Berlin just down the road who just happens to be really into the latest, I don't know, vacuum cleaner or whatever. That's really nice to have that mix. Yeah, really good. Really interesting. Brings a really interesting dynamic to the, to the whole event. Yeah. What was the most interesting thing that you saw there? Oh, wow. Um, wellness is a big topic this year. So there's lots of devices for helping people, you know, track their wellness or um, advise them on ways of keeping, you know, more healthy and fit and you know, nutritionally balanced. Segway were there with some really interesting, um, uh, you know, new platforms for their urban mobility stuff. 
Um, There's a couple of fridges there that were quite interesting. And I know I probably shouldn't say that. It's not very geeky, is it? But um, <laughs> there, was, there was some really interesting uh, new like concepts for, for, for end-to-end food, uh, like cooking, basically. So the idea of a, a connected fridge is fairly old and that's been around for years. But taking it a step further in the, in the kind of food delivery chain and seeing you know, what ingredients are in the fridge, um, automatically calling out to a, to a grocery delivery service to get that food in the fridge, and then actually providing you know, this one product, providing a way for the consumer to cook that food based on the food that they've got in their fridge as well, and providing recipes and stuff, and the, the voice interaction that, that, that is included there. So the whole kind of thing was really interesting. Wow, that's amazing. I would actually love one of those in my life. Yeah, totally. That would be a game changer. <laughs> yes, any, any element, uh, you know, that means you don't have to think too hard about something like that is, is a winner, right? Because there's times where I do want to cook and times where I don't. And when I don't, I just want something like that to not necessarily do it for me, but just to make all the ha- take all the hassle out, you know? More time for yeah. people why, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all about convenience, isn't it? I would love that. Oh, that's so cool. Right, so let's get on to you a little bit then. Um, so I know that before you became the director and creative lead at Studio Flow, um, you were a prin- the principal UX designer at Just Eat, is that right? That's right, yep. So I, I led the creative uh, direction for Just Eat's uh, product research team. Very cool. I heard that you created the UK's first e-commerce Alexa skill. <laughs> yes, we did. Wowzers, uh, tell yeah. us more. So um, the, the way that we work uh, in product research was that we were we were very lean and iterative. We ran lots of different experiments. Uh, you know, we were doing drone delivery one week. Uh, the next week we were doing, um, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, one of the experiments that we ran was, was around conversational interfaces uh, or ways for people to order food. You know, a bit like the telephone and ringing, ringing the restaurant up, but where the service would know who you are and what your orders were and you can make, you know, amends to it really quickly. And um, it's really about driving that convenience factor. So we ran all these different experiments and um, Alexa was, or, or voice interface ordering, was by far one of the most successful experiments that we ran. Um, so, uh, yeah, long story short, we, we developed a, a very strong relationship with Amazon. Um, we were given one of the first Echo devices in the UK um and uh that gave us an opportunity to you know just explore what was possible on the device and do loads and loads of research on on what the best mechanism for ordering would be and then yeah um when, when it launched uh we were there on day one with a with a with a skill that enabled users to, to order food with their voice that is awesome yeah it was it was a really 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 eye-opening experience not just because it was the first voice interface that um you know i'd designed for um, it was also a whole brand new product category, you know, that was coming to the market. Um, and you could tell that because it had been so successful in the US and Amazon had, you know, iterated with my product and on Alexa herself in the US, bringing it to the UK um, was, you know, in some respects proven, you know, the technology was proven in the US, but in some ways, because of the cultural implications of voice interfaces, was a bit of a gray area, a bit of an unknown. So I think even Amazon were a bit... Um, you know, not not hesitant. That's that's the wrong word. But it, it, Amazon was super interested in in what would work really well with uh, with with UK consumers. 
Um, and you know, as it turns out, the UK loves a takeaway, and um, <laughs> yes, we, we do. The UK loves convenience, um, uh, you know, almost disproportionately so compared to other countries. So, you know, having a having a skill for for the for, for Alexa uh, when they launched felt like a sort of no brainer, really. Yeah, definitely. So, being in voice from such an initial stage, you must have you must have learned so much in such a short period of time because obviously it was so new, and like you said, there were so many grey areas. Um, what do you think the biggest roadblocks were initially with developing voice? I think, um, you know, it's still really early days. Um, you know, the, the, the Alexa's only been out in the States for four or five years, uh, you know, in the UK for a couple. The biggest roadblocks that, that we encounter now are, are pretty much the same as they were before. And they're really around discoverability and making sure that you're building something that's fit for purpose as well. You know, we, we talk in Studio Flow when we, when we um, work with clients on, on bringing voice experiences to their platforms, their existing platforms. Um, you know, one of the first questions we ask is, what do your consumers really want from your, from your product? What's your real value? Mm. Because typically that's the thing you convert into a voice experience, the one or two things that people do 90% of the time. So, you know, for check-in, for, for, you know, train ticket ordering, it would be, you know, checking whether the trains are on time and reordering a ticket, you know, for food. It's not about going in there and saying, oh, I'll have a, you know, number 15 chicken chow mein with side order of it. Not only is that a complicated problem for a voice experience, uh, technically, it's also a complicated problem from a design perspective, um, getting the voice, getting the, the, you know, the Alexa platform to understand all those different inputs and ask the right questions at the right time. But it's also not the best use of a voice experience uh, at mm. this stage anyway, with the technology that we have right now. So it's really about, you know, building the right thing for the, for the platform. That and discoverability, that's the other big roadblock right now. You know, people not realizing that either there is a, a, you know, a skill that they can, they can use to do what they want to do, um, or that they that the actual skill itself has the features that it does because obviously with a with an iOS app you've got the app store where you can go and you can browse and you can search and you've got a product page and you know you have Amazon have that to a degree with Alexa skills um, but most people enable a skill just by asking for something and Alexa will say to them oh I've got something that can do that so you don't see any of that product information and then once you're in the skill um, you know, you've got the help intent that you can ask. You can say, you know, what can you do? And it'll tell you. But by and large, you're filtered down the flow. And unless the flow itself tells you what's possible with the skill, um, you don't really know. So, yeah, discoverability is, is the other kind of big, big roadblock. And that's, there are ways of mitigating around that. We've done lots of work, you know, with, with, with clients on, on making sure their customers are aware of what their skills can do. Um, but that's still a big issue. Do you know what? You're so right. Discoverability, I can imagine, is one of the biggest roadblocks. Um, it'll be really interesting, actually, to see what companies will do, like companies like um, Amazon will do about that and how they will make it more accessible for people to find these skills. I think, yeah, I think the, the, the discoverability of the skill side, that's, you know, they've Amazon, you know, all the platforms are doing this thing called invocationless um, intent linking so you, know, you won't have to ask for the just eat skill you'll be able to ask for a pizza and the yeah. system will work out okay that's this skill and whatever so i think that side's you know that's fairly solvable the one that's really interesting for me is this this kind of idea of um multimodal uh, experiences and, and and that sounds like a grand term but what i basically mean is mixed uh, mixed voice and 
and um, visual experiences. So something like Google Assistant is a classic example. It, it changes its shape based on the way the user is interacting with it. So you know, let's say Just Eat, right? So you could ask Just Eat potentially for um, you know, what restaurants are open on your watch, on your Wear OS watch, and it would tell you via voice. And you could use your Android Auto um, you know, visual display to show a list of restaurants. You could choose one. And then by the time you've driven to where you want to go, and you, you could then carry, you could type the, the, the remaining um, conversation interacting with that Just Eat action on your Google Assistant phone. You know? So you've got touch, type, and text but you've, you, you're changing between voice and you're changing between visual interaction depending on the mode and what you're doing and what you feel most comfortable at doing at the time. And these devices are becoming more ambient. Um, obviously, the price points are going down. Um, you have you know, Google releasing the, the Home Hub that they, they, um, they released a few weeks ago. You know, that's really a convergence yeah. device. You know, that's, that does so much. Um, and if you're an mm. Android user, you know, have it, your entire ecosystem now is surfaced and accessible and through that one device, you know, and then you've got these little satellite, you know, Google Minis around your house, £35 a, a pop, you know. So let's have a little bit of a deep dive into Studio Flow. Tell us what it's all about for those who don't know. So, yeah, uh, as I mentioned, we were in Just Eat for two and a half years. Um, the, the, the whole voice experience um, or conversational experience has always been the bit that, that really, really interested me. You know, the, the use of smartphones is on the decline. Um, and I think that, that as a way of users interacting with, with technology and with information um, is on the decline as well. You know, and I can very much see <clears throat> conversational experiences and AI-powered data next big, big um, thing, really. And it's a shift that I see and lots of people see um, similar to the mo from desktop to mobile shift, um, you know, previous years. So I thought I'm going to specialise just in this. So Studio Flow is a digital studio here in the southwest um, that I've created that, that uh, brings together a whole load of different talents from, um, you know, UX design, um, copywriting, um, you know, stagecraft as well, um, user research, technology, marketing skills. So a whole range of people that, that I've worked with over the, over the years and um, um, can bring together on projects. Um, and we specialize in conversational experiences. So mainly that at the moment is Alexa uh, skills, Google Assistant actions, bespoke voice experiences uh, where companies want to do something you know unique and, and that they own all the IP for uh, that they can do full stack development on um, and then a little bit of other stuff as well that involves conversation like a few bits of chatbot stuff and um, and some research projects around that so that's studio flow cool yeah I was looking at your website the other day actually and I can see that you you help customers to either build their own or you completely take the reins on the interfaces that's really interesting that you offer both sides yeah you know companies go through phases it seems um, and all this is very new as well right so we're learning yeah. about what companies want and companies about are learning themselves about what their consumers want and it's a journey that that, that we go on and i apply all the same research methodologies that we did in the product research team um to projects that i work on with clients so you know we do lots of experimentation um we, we we reach out to consumers and make sure that they're the very focus of of all the development and iteration that we do um you know we uh work with existing teams um people in existing teams so typically a, a company will have an initial phase where they'll build a you know a google assistant action or, or an alexa skill mm -hmm. that surfaces one or two of their core use cases um, and then they'll put that out to market um, in a very basic form, MVP as they call it, minimum viable product. Um, and then they'll see if that's got traction. And if it does, they'll double down on it and build out that skill. 
Increasingly, though, customers are going to a second phase where they want to build a bespoke experience where they're cherry picking the bits of the voice stack effectively um, and using the bits that they want from different service providers um, in a hybrid with technology they've already got. So, you know, they've got maybe they've got a, an account management process already in place. They're already using for their other products or maybe they've got um, um, a CMS tool, you know, a, a content management system already that they're surfacing content for, you know, their website blogs or for stuff that's built into their existing iOS app. And we yeah. can use that mechanism to serve content through their voice experience as well. So, yeah, increasingly, I think clients are moving from that initial the kind of learning phase of what what do our consumers want into a much more sophisticated okay we've proven the value the business value of of a voice experience for example now we need to double down on that commercially and actually build that into a into a, a real core channel for our consumers that sits alongside the ios apps and the web absolutely it's exciting times so you've been in um the voice interface um field for years and years uh studio flows that's like, quite new isn't it when did you find it this year it yes, uh, six months ago. <laughs> oh, wow. So very early days. Very early days. Yeah, very early days for us as a business. Yeah, but loads of experience. What do you see the next sort of five years looking like? I think um, we're, we're really at a tipping point, you know, and it's it's not a case of, of um, if, it's a case of when, obviously, with, with these with conversational experiences. You know, there'll be a killer app. You know, for Alexa at the moment, it's setting kitchen timers and it's checking the weather. You know, that's predominantly what people use for those skills for. It's only going to take yeah. one, or one, one provider to come along and do the, ne the next killer function for Alexa. And all of a sudden people go, oh, yeah, fine, I get it. And then everyone's going to want um, an Alexa skill. So I think, you know, we're going to see a huge amount of growth in the business as as companies, you know, build core, build voice experiences into the core of their product roadmaps. So that's that's going to be a big deal. Um, Studio Flow has a big research arm as well. So we work with uh, companies who want to do, you know, uh, research projects into this space. And that's mainly around conversation experiences, but also around AI and, and other types of machine learning as well. Um, so we have a, a research piece that we do with people. And I think that's going to keep growing as well as, as the field develops even further. And also partnerships. That's the other big thing that we're working on at the moment. So we're, we're partnering with content providers. We're partnering with, um, you know, research and academic industries and, and, and bodies. Um, and we're partnering with um you know other clients as well that have got really interesting things to do to try and develop stuff together um art projects for example so i think the partnership side of studio flow is is gonna i've seen real interest and traction in that area and i think that's going to be another big development piece for us as well that sounds so exciting watch this space yeah absolutely <laughs> um so also i want to know a little bit more about your meetup i know that um in the southwest you host a community of like voice apps, chatbot designers and builders. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so that was an, an early idea that we had. Um, there are there are quite a few meetups in this area, in this kind of space, really, in machine learning, AI and new, new next generation tech. Um, and I wanted to do a bit like I have with Studio Flow, just specialise specifically on conversational experiences, because there didn't seem to be one that was specifically around that area. Um, so yeah, we we started up um, 
VC Southwest, voice, voice and chatbots Southwest, which actually makes it sound a bit more like a kind of investment fund meetup. <laughs> so <laughs> I think we need to do a bit of rebranding on that maybe. But um, the, the purpose of that is to, yeah, to just bring around, bring, a, bring together um, domain experts, um, you know, industry leaders that are in this area, um, and also people that just don't know anything about it yet, but are massively interested in learning without having to engage in some big commercial, you know, relationship with with us or with anyone. Um, and we had our first meetup, um, really successful. Uh, we were talking about all kinds of things. We had some really interesting people come along to that. Um, it's it, it looks like I may be merging that with uh, another meetup in this area. Um, so someone else has started something very similar. Um, I'll, I'll have some more details on on that in in the, in the coming months. Um, but when when we release that to the to the public and, and when that meetup comes to fruition, it's going to be a huge new group of of people. Um, and I think that's really where it's going to fulfil its pur original purpose of being this kind of melting pot of different disciplines and ideas you know you could come along one day and, and speak to a, a script writer who's working on a play you know and the next day you could come along and speak to someone who's working on some crazy um you know ai algorithm that's going to be able to pick out patterns of people's intonation in their voice or whatever you know and yeah. those people are going to come together and something amazing is going to happen because that's how you know creativity works and that's how great products are created so yeah um, meet, the meetup is is great. Um, it's got um, with a lot of traction so far. I'm going to look to merge it. Um, more, more news on that coming soon. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd urge all of your listeners if if um, they're interested in this space and want to come along and just dip their toe in the water, really, to uh, to sign up to the, one of those meetups. Yeah, definitely. So how could people get involved or at least keep it on their radar? So um, I would hook up with Studio Flow on Twitter um or uh, drop us an email um go on meetup.com uh, and, and seek us out on there um if you look for um bc southwest voice and chat spot chatbots southwest or look for me um when we announce this a big amalgamation um, and the big merge um everything on there will change but you'll as a member of, of that meetup you'll be you'll be the first to know uh, on that one as well so yeah coming through those channels and we'll we'll uh, keep you posted that's fab i'm definitely going to come to your next meetup Super. <laughs> um, right, so I've got two final questions for you. One's mainly out of curiosity, and the last one is something we ask all of our guests. Um, sure. So the first one is, what's your favourite skill? Oh, my favourite skill is uh, there's a, a storybook skill that we use at the moment. Um, it's actually on Google Assistant, um, because I've been using Google Assistant a lot more in our household uh, than the Lexer just recently. Um, Why is that? And it's great for the... It, yeah, it's really interesting. The, uh, for me, as a consumer, as, as well as a um, uh, kind of domain expert, uh, my usage of the platforms fluctuates quite a bit as, as you know, new features are added or as we bring a new device into the house. Because as you can probably imagine, my house is, is a ridiculous Aladdin's cave of, <laughs> you know, half, half connected, wireless, smart, this. Like I had a competition with a friend of mine for the most ridiculous internet connected device we could find on Amazon. And I think right. I won. I think I won this one, but although it is still open, um, I found a scent diffuser. I found an, a scent diffuser that has an ift recipe. Oh, so wow. I, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's ridiculous and it's completely insane and utterly, utterly over engineered. Um, but I think that I claim the crown on that one. 
Um, but you know, I could I could wire that up so that if if I if if a, a person is recognised by my Nest Hello doorbell, um, it would send an if recipe that fires off the the scent diffuser and makes it smell like lavender in the house before when I walk in. I mean, it's just ridiculous, right? But I think I think I've I think I've that is that so one. brilliant that you um, found that. But yeah. <laughs> we bring into the house mean that we fluctuate quite a bit so um you know we were a google house uh, sorry an amazon house for, for you know ages and ages and ages years and years and we had a sh- we had one of the first echo shows and that was in the kitchen and you know we used that for for the calling and, uh you know for setting creating lists and timers and watching bits of youtube clips and all the things that you know it's great at but then we got a couple of um uh, Google Home Minis in and actually you know that platform I think is in the lead actually I honestly think that the Google Assistant at the moment are offering a more compelling experience to to consumers not only is it I think arguably more accurate but it's um, this multimodal um, kind of way that the, the Google Assistant can, can go between devices is really really interesting you know and I, I find that um, as a user I find that really use, useful as well um, so that's so at the moment, that's where we are. We've got more kind of Google Assistant devices than we do Alexa. But, you know, Amazon have the first mover advantage and they're entrenched. All of my devices at the moment that I use in my home, my lights, my TV, my, um, uh, you know, my uh, smoke alarms, everything that I've got that's internet connected is all internet connected via Alexa. And I haven't transitioned that across to Google yet. Yeah. So I can't take Alexa out of my home. So, and, I, and I won't. So, yeah, it's really interesting. So at the minute, I think most interesting skill to answer your question is, is on Google, Google Assistant. It's an action to do um, almost like a choose your own adventure storyboard, um, story uh, storyline. Um, and the kids can insert their names into it. And if you know, if you wanted a, an example of why just the simplest voice experience can have a massive impact on people, that's one of those experiences. You know, the very first question it asks is, who are you? What's your name? And then it just repeatedly uses their name in the story. And that's so compelling to a child, right? Oh my goodness, this story is about me. And that's a really simple interaction. Technically, it's really simple to do as well, but it creates a massively compelling user experience. That's so brilliant. I haven't heard of that. My nieces would yeah, absolutely it's a, it's love that. That's lovely. Okay, so for the final question, um, which app or tool could you simply oh, not live without? Watch. No, no two ways about it. Yeah, I, I desperately try is not it? to be an Apple fanboy. I used to be, and I think I've moved past that. I had therapy, I had counselling, I'm okay now. I can take or leave an iPad, <laughs> and I, th- I think an iPhone is great, you know, but it's just an iPhone, right? But my Apple Watch, having that, having Siri, you know, and you may, you know, whatever you think of Siri, it's, it's still a functional voice assistant. Having that with me literally everywhere I am is a game changer for me. People say, why do you like the Apple Watch? What's the killer app? And there is no killer app, but there are so many tiny little killer apps for it that make it compelling as an overall experience. That means I just couldn't live without it. You know, it's crazy things like I'm cycling to work, which is typically when I have my most interesting ideas. And and I also have a really bad memory. So by the time I've got to work, I've forgotten it. And how many ideas have gone up in smoke like that? But now I can just bark. I can shout like a lunatic, you know, as I'm cycling through Bristol into my room these ideas you know and Siri <laughs> diligently you know does the wind cancellation so that it can hear me as I'm barreling along and does a very you know reliable job of transcription and then it'll remind me you know when I get to work oh Siri uh, remind me to do this when I get to work or remind me about this crazy thing when I get to work 
and and it does that you know and I think again it's a really great example for me of of a simple voice interaction that's adding real real you know real value to to my business life and also home life as well I mean the number of things that I've not forgotten to tell my wife now um, you know, that make me look brilliant, right? Because I've got an amazing memory and it's not. I'm a massively augmented <laughs> cyborg right now. You know, a huge proportion of my mental capacity really? is now offloaded to Siri and my watch, basically. The other the other thing that, you know, as a as a massive, unapologetic, diehard techno, you know, absolute diehard techno geek as well, I can see the future that Apple are, are, are moving towards. And I can see that, you know, with iPhones in decline and with the the product, which is the AirPod, which is actually my second best device that I couldn't live without the AirPods. Um, and again, I'm trying to convince everyone that I'm not an Apple fanboy here uh, and I'm not, not doing myself any favours. They've got wireless headphones. They've got a, 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 effectively a, a supercomputer on your wrist that's internet connected now via cellular. Um, it only takes a pair of augmented reality goggles and with all the push that they're doing into AR as well, uh, they were doing back in iOS 11, um, you can see a whole new paradigm emerging, you know, where screens become completely irrelevant because you can put information on any surface around you. You know, um, Microsoft showed us that with the HoloLens um, back a few years ago when that was was released. And I think that was a really interesting early step. Um, but as Apple do, you know, they wait and they see what everyone else does and then they bring a better product to market. Um, and I think that's what they will be doing in the next few years. So, yeah. yeah, for me, it's the watch and what the watch means. That's brilliant. I think that's a good Very choice. Cool. Craig, thank you so much. You've been so interesting and it's been brilliant. It's to been have an absolute you pleasure. Thank you. And uh, thank you for your uh, listeners as well. So that's that. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode with Craig as much as I enjoyed recording it. Um, I've got a little bit of news for you as well. As you know, previously, I always used to come in at the end of every episode and me and Marco would discuss the top news stories from the week. I kind of feel as though, because I'm the new host, I'm not sure it'll work as well, just me dictating news stories to you guys. So Craig Pugsley has very kindly suggested doing a once a month news digest with me. So at the end of every month, we will release an episode with me and Craig discussing all the top two, top tech news stories. And we will sort of take a focus on voice because that's his area of expertise. However, I will be dropping in news around general tech, um, AI, machine learning and chatbots. So watch this space. I'll let you know when the release of the first News Digest is coming. Um, talking about voice, it's kind of happened to be that the the next two episodes are also around the voice of like voice space. So, um, yeah, that's not to say that that's the direction we're going in because it's not. Uh, we're still very much a tech podcast, and we'll be covering AI, machine learning, and chatbots as always. But yeah, for the next three episodes, we're very much focused on voice. Uh, so next week we've actually got Charlie Cadbury, who's the CEO of Say It Now. Charlie's worked for some major brands, including Marriott Hotels, Ministry of Sound, uh, Virgin Media, and the BBC. So he's a super interesting guy. We talked to him about voice in general. We talked to him about conversational SEO and how brands can really start adopting voice um, to accelerate their brands. So I really hope you enjoy that episode next week. Um, And until then, I hope you have a good week. 